0: A hypocrite is uh, comes from the Greek word upokrites, uh, and it refers to an actor. It comes from the Greek theater, classical Greek theater, when people would wear masks to pretend to be different people. And uh, so it became, those people were hypocrites. They were somebody that was pretending to be somebody else you see and uh there are a lot of people people that hide behind masks people who pretend to be somebody that there aren't and uh interestingly this word cretase means several things it's hypocrites. and it can also mean under judgment isn't that interesting So we need to remember. So whenever Jesus is coming out of the mouth of the Son of God and he calls these people hypocrites and they were right then under judgment. So uh, this is a major word. I love this song that Danette sang for us this morning. Um, It was one of my favorite all time songs and it fits this era that we are in right now. So some of the beginning words in case you couldn't uh, uh, ke- keep up with them. These are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial Of famine and darkness and sword. Still, we are the voice in the desert crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. And see, that's what the Global Methodist Church is about. We have been through this whole thing of darkness, and we are wanting to uphold the light. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice the year of Jubilee and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. These past few years could be officially labeled the uh, days of hypocrisy or the age of hypocrisy revealed. Not just hypocrisy, but hypocrisy revealed. As I've read one news account after another, the words of Numbers 32, 33 come to mind. You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure that your sin will find you out. Always when I read that, it reminds me of a story I heard long, long time ago. First time I heard it was at Hardy Memorial Methodist Church in Texarkana, Texas before they moved into their new building. That was ages ago, many decades ago. But uh, the preacher there told this story about a lady that uh, came in just as the the, uh, meat market was getting ready to close, the butcher shop was about to close, and the guy was putting his stuff away. This lady comes in and she said, I need a chicken uh, just about this size right here. Do you have any chickens? And he said, well, let me see here. And he goes and he opens up his chicken bin and he looks in there and uh, he has one chicken in there. So let's see what we have. And he starts fumbling around like he's going through all these chickens down here. And then he pulls out this one, says, how about this one? And he said, Well, or she said, That's not quite the right size. So, well, let's see what else we have. He stuck that same chicken down in there, fumbled around, said, What about this one? And she said, That one is perfect. I want both of them. <laughs> well, <laughs> be sure that your sin will find you out. (laughs) This is the age that we're in. Hypocrites are having their sin revealed right and left. There have been casualties on both ends of the political spectrum from a congressman who ran and voted uh, on the right to life ticket while at the same time he was encouraging his mistress to get an abortion. Uh, to a staunch women's rights supporter being toppled from his place uh, at the top of the entertainment industry because of multiple multiple reports of sexual assault. And in between these two extremes, there are many others that have had hypocrisy in one way or another revealed in their lives. Before we go any further, though, I need to say one thing in favor of hypocrites, In the cases of both the congressman who resigned uh, because he acted against what he stood for publicly and the movie mogul who violated values that he supported, they did acknowledge a standard. And what's really getting scary today is there are people that don't even want to acknowledge the standard. I read not off, too awful long ago that there was a guy that uh, uh, he, he said, Yeah, I might have done that, but I really don't remember. I, uh, sorry if they felt hurt in some way. That's how bad it's gotten, you know, where the, it doesn't, you reveal it, it said, Oops, that's it. That's it. They just go on. One of the big accusations that people make against the church. Uh, Whenever they're invited to attend, is that place is full of hypocrites? Have y'all ever heard that? Most of us have. Okay, Uh, if you ever get that, here's how you should respond. You might ought to write this down. Whenever they say that place is full of hypocrites, you might say, "Yep, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right. There are a lot of hypocrites there, but it's not full." We have room, plenty more room. And if you'd like to come, come on, you know. Now then, let me ask you, how many of you would say honestly that you know someone that can be a hypocrite? Let's see your hands. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. And no pointing. No pointing. Okay. Well, well wait a minute. All right. You can go ahead and point as long as you realize that as you have one finger pointing that way, you've got three pointing back. Okay. All right. So how many of you would say that you can be hypocritical? Raise your hands. Yes, that's right. We all can be if we're not careful. We're going to run across hypocrites. Let's face it. So how are we supposed to handle hypocrites? How did Jesus handle hypocrites? We saw it right here in this passage today. Jesus never was one to kind of just tiptoe around stuff nicely, was he? They say, Oh, we need to be nice like Jesus. And here he says you hypocrites, no fingers pointing back whenever he said it. You hypocrites. How did he handle hypocrisy? He confronted people with it. And people say, well, I I want to be like Jesus. I want to be nice. Well, if you want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to confront hypocrisy in the church. And this is one of the problems that uh, we have had in the United Methodist, uh, not the United Methodist Church, but in the church as a whole in our country is that we've gotten to a place where we don't want to call sin, sin. We don't want to uh, uh, say things are what they are. And we don't hold people to the standard of God's word. And so we need to do like Jesus and we need to confront hypocrisy. But we need to confront it in a Christian way. And so that's what I really want to talk to you about today. So how do we confront? Paul told the Galatians, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So how do we confront as a christian we do it prayerfully and i'm going to give you three ways that you need to be praying when you do first you pray that you might confront with caution it says restore him gently but watch yourself or you may be tempted and uh, you may wind up unless you're praying about it you may wind up being pulled into the very thing, or into something else. The enemy has a way of taking things and turning them back on you, and so you enter into this prayerfully. Next, confront prayerfully. Confront with the goal of restoration, not of ostracization, Is that the word ostracization? Is that the way you say it? That's close enough. Y'all know what I mean. You know, kicking them out. Okay. Confront with the goal of restoration instead of pushing them away. It's been said that the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded. And uh, what that means is that you see somebody that falls into sin, And uh, everybody just wants to just take them out instead of attempting to restore them. And uh, but uh, in fact, you know who I heard that from that particular phrase that uh, the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded. I heard it from a popular evangelist who had been caught in multiple situations of adultery. He was a hypocrite. He preached one thing, he practiced another. And uh but and, and then he went oh yeah, we talked about manipulators. What he was trying to do then was to use religion for manipulation to turn things away and say, you know, you guys are shooting at me, and you if you're a really Christian, you'd be trying to restore me. But uh so anyway so you see you've got the manipulators you've got the critics you've got the 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 hypocrites so uh, this word restore says but if anyone's caught into sin you who are spiritual should restore him gently the word restore is katartid uh, katartidzo katartidzo that's a hard one to say and it means to perfectly repair, to make better than new. And uh, so, anyway, it's, this kind of ties in with the fact that, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have a relationship that will fall apart. And many times they'll call it a breakup but, uh, or a breakdown. But you can turn breakdowns into breakups. If something breaks down, It wasn't put into uh, the, uh, it wasn't put together the way it was supposed to be in the first place. Marriages can uh, break down, but when they fall apart, you can, with the love of Christ and with His guidance, you can put your marriage back together again a lot better than it was before. Built on the right foundation instead of the wrong foundation. Built on a foundation of looking out for each other instead of trying to get from each other. So confront with caution. Confront with the goal of restoration. And finally, confront prayerfully with commitment. It says, bear one another's burdens and in this way will fulfill fulfill the law of christ this word bear is the word bestadso and it means to sustain or to take up or to lift so uh next what if you're the hypocrite thing is you need to make sure jesus warned us before we start trying to help somebody else with their hypocrisy you need to confront and face your own. Make sure that you confront your own hypocrisy before you even try to help someone else with theirs. You know what Jesus says? He says, or how many can you how, how can you say to your brother? Brother, let me take the speck that's in your eye out when you yourself do not see that big log that is in your own eye. Here's that word. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Another way of saying he was without stone, let him cast the first sin. But he's not saying he who's without sin, let him cast first stone. That's where it's supposed to go. Anyway, uh this is uh this is just it. So many times we're trying to do something that we got those three fingers pointing back at us, and we need to examine ourselves. It's not that you never confront, but you confront yourself, and you let the Lord confront you, cleanse you, so that you can be a worthy vessel to help someone else that needs help out of a ditch. David and Bathsheba is one of the best stories about this, and you know the story about how He wound up uh, uh, actually committing adultery and then uh, committing murder, backhanded murder to cover up his adultery. And then Nathan was sent to confront David. And Nathan tells David the story of a poor man who had a little lamb. And this lamb was loved by him and loved by his family And they raised that lamb just like it was one of their children. And it actually slept in the house with the whole family. And uh, everybody was just so close to this little lamb. There's a rich man that it was his neighbor was going to entertain some people one day. And he wound up taking this family's little lamb and killing it and feeding his guests with it. And uh, David responds like this. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man you are the man in Hebrew it's atah aish you are the man and that cut David to the quick and David was confronted with his own hypocrisy his own sin his sin of murder his sin of adultery he repented You know, all the time that I've been preparing this message, I've been reminded of different moments of hypocrisy in my own life. There have been times when I have fallen and been restored. There are times when I feel I have failed and uh, I'm so grateful for the Lord's mercy and his grace. And I ran across a a saying by Paul Washer that says it much better than me. I have given Christ countless reasons not to love me. None of them has changed his mind. Here's what it will take to confront yourself and let them, whenever the Lord confronts you, what you need to do. First of all, and the most important thing that it takes is faith. Faith that God's word is true. Until you settle that, you're going to be in a wishy-washy state rationalizing and doing all sorts of things. And the first thing, if you want to be reinstated and be right with God so you can help others, is you need to have faith that God's word is true. And if you just look around like we've been saying, you see his word being made truer every day all around us. Next, have faith that God really cares for you. He knows you have needs. He knows uh, all about you. Even before you ask, he knows what you need. And he really cares for you. And he's going to make sure that that you wind up being taken care of as you count on him and lean on him. That's one of the things that the cross shows you is just how much you're worth to God. Next, have faith that his way will always be the best for you. Then have faith that his power and presence are with you as you walk with him in faithful trust and obedience, forsaking every idol that you've trusted instead of him in the past. And then finally, have faith that his grace is sufficient, sufficient to blot out every sin from your past and give you a new start with him right now. After David faced his sin, he prayed. And maybe there may be some of you that, even as I've been talking, things have come to mind, things that you need to confess, things that you need to get right. And the fact you may have come to to realize that you need to start over again with God. If that's the case, pray this prayer that David prayed so long ago. In fact, let's just all pray it together. I'm pretty sure I put it there. Yes, it's there at the very end. Uh, starts off, Create in me a pure heart. Let's just pray this out loud together. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation.